0: Welcome, I am Valerie Malone, Life Coach, Motivational Speaker, Creator of Love Your Life Program. You are listening to Real Talk. This channel is designed for me to bring experts from all over the world to talk about health, relationship, career, and money mindset. In this program, we give ideas, tools, strategies to our listeners so they can apply in your life and create a life that you absolutely love. Today, my guest is Sonia. Sonia is a founder of All About You, a leading mental wellness center in Hong Kong, offering consulting, therapy, training workshop, and personalized products so that people can live a happier and healthier life. Sonia is a licensed clinical hypnotherapist, NLP trainer, life coach, cooperative trainer, and public speaking coach. Sonia has successfully addressed multitude of issues for clients and students including resolving phobia, overcoming anxiety, healing depression, shifting limiting beliefs, releasing trauma, finding one's life purpose, releasing physical pain, and overcoming loss. Sonia's vision is to empower individual with simple yet powerful tools to navigate through the ups and downs of life with awareness and Acceptance so that they can tune into the magnificent of who they really are. Welcome to my podcast Real Talk and like I said I'm really fascinated by your work I'm kind of stalker I went through everything that you had and I've seen your work that you have done um, and the subject we're going to talk about today is about inner child which is so important and a lot of people don't know a lot about it I work with one of the coaches that actually explained that to me in a very young age what it means to have your inner child and how to deal with it but I've seen you have done some amazing work I'm going to start with the question is What is inner
1: child? Sure. Well, firstly, thank you so much for having me on this show. And I love this topic. So, inner child. Basically, in very simple terms, an inner child is a younger version of us that is stuck in a trauma of the past and has not moved forward. So, we've moved forward physically. We've moved forward in age. But there might be a part of us that is stuck at the age of seven, watching our parents fight, stuck Mm. at the age of three, feeling bullied by our siblings, even stuck at the age of 20, feeling, oh, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. So at any point in time when you are stuck, you haven't moved forward in trauma, it produces what we call an inner child. Mm. And in saying that, I'd, I'd like to actually say the two misconceptions that people have. The one misconception is when you use the word child, it means actual child, like three year old, five year old. But if we're looking at it from a younger version of you stuck in a trauma of the past, it can be any age. It can be what happened this morning and something happened where you were not at peace, you were angry, sad, fearful, and that part of you could be stuck in consciousness, there's an inner child there. Mm. So an inner child is any age that is younger than this moment. That's the one misconception. And the other one is, we can have many, many, many inner children. It's not just one inner child, it's all those parts of us that are stuck in the trauma. So we can have thousands, even millions of younger versions of us that are stuck in various different places in our lives.
0: Wow, wow. So is it safe to say that since, first of all, the physical doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're like tall and if you're like in 40, but if you're stuck in an inner child of that, if you had a trauma in the age of, like you said, 11, being bullied, emotionally, you feel that even in the age of 40 is, is still with you. And you yes. lash out and being as an adult, but behaving like a child because that energy is trapped and that memory is trapped in you. But the fascinating part that you said that is more than one. Mm-hmm. And that's where the confusion comes in. So people are gonna say like, "Oh, what do you mean, multiple?" So is it c- could it be like if depend on how many trauma you went through? Let's just because not you know sometimes people one trauma, de- depend on how how um, big of the trauma is we stuck in our head, right? But sometimes we can have multiple one. I mean, I know in a childhood I had multiple one. Is that is that what it is? Mm-hmm.
1: That's exactly what it is, and it's good to even take into account that all reality is subjective so when we're talking about trauma we're talking about perceived trauma because there are people that have experienced a lot of let's say abuse that have dealt with it in a way where they are actually at peace or they know that okay mom and dad didn't know any different they didn't know any better so their level of trauma is less and there are people that can go through a situation that is about something as minimal as a sandwich oh i told mom that i want a peanut butter she gave me a ham and cheese sandwich she doesn't love me that's a trauma so trauma is basically subjective reality it's perceived and the more perceived trauma you have the more likely you are to be stuck in those moments and unless you've done healing you don't move forward and those moments can trigger you So you could be a nice, happy adult if you're focusing on what's happening right now. But suddenly something reminds you of what your mother used to do. And at that point, it triggers, it's almost awakening that inner child. And that inner child, as you said, can come and take over your body, take over you. Then you start behaving like a child because you got triggered. It awakened something that's still unhealed
0: wow now you had your own uh inner child experience can you tell us a little bit about that because i I heard you say that but i wanted the listener to listen to that how is your inner child and how and 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 i really appreciate that what you said the awakening part the realization that is one part that people kind of as they grow, they forget and not so much forget, but we get busy with other stuff. We don't realize where it's coming from, but if we can really awaken ourselves and be aware of ourselves, knowing that, Oh, wow, this is kind of like connected to that trauma. But I would like you to tell us a little bit about your inner child.
1: Sure. I, again, I have had many, I've had thousands of inner children that I keep healing. So one of the stories that I told myself when I was a child was that I am worse than other people or other people are better than me and this came about when I was a child and there was a few things that contributed to that firstly I was in Hong Kong I've grown up in Hong Kong it's a multicultural society and at that point we were a British colony so I experienced quite a bit of racism there my conclusion my self-conclusion was oh that means that others are better than me Ah. and then At home, I had a sibling, a brother that was born and was in hospital for the first five years of his life. My own perception again of that was, oh, I'm the healthy one, he's the unhealthy one. It almost brought about some guilt in me for being the one that was okay. And again, I just wanted to step out the way. So it gives my parents time to focus on him. And so again, it brought me to a conclusion that You know, there's something wrong with me or I shouldn't have been the one that's the healthy one. And so I grew up feeling that again, I'm not worthy enough. Other people are better than me. I feel guilty for being the way that I am. And by the time I was 16, 17, there was some self-awareness that came in and I started to get obsessed with this one book called Life is Fair. And I was like, oh, I really want to know how is life fair? Please tell me how life is fair. And now, of course, I see the wisdom of it. In the bigger picture, life is fair, there's an equilibrium. If we're looking at a snapshot in that moment, yes, through our filter, it looks like it's not fair. It's not fair that I got bullied or there was racism against me, or this is what's happening to my family and not other people's family. In the big picture, even if we're looking at it, in this life, across time and space, life is fair. So as I started to get into this book, I thought, okay, there's something I can do about it. I don't have to live like this anymore. There must be something within me that can change. And -hmm. at that point, I thought that it would be my exterior. So I lost a lot of weight. I thinned my eyebrows. I thought that, okay, this is the answer to, to life changing. And it did change a few things. It did change people's responses to me. And that was temporary. And it was also something that I was relying on. So when people responded to me in a favorable way, I felt good. When people responded to me in an unfavorable way, like the past, I got hijacked by my previous beliefs and I started to feel down again. Hmm. And this is when I began to look inwards because outwards wasn't really helping. And I began to look at the beliefs that I had and the conclusions that I had made and why I'd made them, what happened before, taking responsibility that this is my subjective reality and then i began to do my own inner child work initially through coaching and finally through hypnotherapy Mm. and what hypnotherapy did is it regressed me back to those moments where i made those conclusions that were limiting me that i made the conclusion that i'm not enough or others are better than me and i could see that situation as my adult self through a different lens and I could reinterpret that. And once I reinterpreted it, it didn't just change my coping mechanism, but it actually shifted my interpretation from the subconscious mind, from the ground level. And what I found so beautiful is that I didn't get hijacked in the same way again. That is the one thing that gave me a permanent solution rather than a new coping mechanism. Right, right. And, and that is what really contributed to my self-esteem, to my self-acceptance, and that is the work that I do now. This is what I do with other people on a regular basis.
0: Right, right, because I know you told me your story, and it's, and it's just so amazing because you said exterior, you wouldn't at first, because that's the visible thing that we see. We see ourselves in the mirror, so I always tell my client as well, and I'm glad you mentioned that. What do we see is easy to take care of. If we see a cut in our hand, we go to the doctor, we take antibiotic, we make sure that it's doesn't infected or anything like that. But inner emotion is invisible. We feel it, but with the with the society being so busy, we life itself is being so busy, it kind of comes and it goes. But what I like what you said about is that you did not substitute that to coping mechanism that you can find something else to temporarily get rid of that. You actually went to the why is happening as inner child. I remember it and you took that. Cause I always say, now, even though in today's society, we have pretty much knowledge about our health. You know, like if you have to sleep good, exercise, eating healthy, you know, meditating and all of that. But yet, I don't know about other things, but in America, in the United States, 12 million women suffers from depression. Yes. And exactly. and and what you said is so important because some of them, these people, are not digging to the root of the problem, what it is, which you do, and that's your practice, and they substituting and they're finding a temporary solution, or they like finding a coping mechanism by drinking smoking taking pills doing something to numb that feeling is that is that what
1: exactly that's exactly what it is you can call it coping mechanisms defense mechanisms it's basically filling that hole right. so what what happens when we're in trauma we create a hole or a void because we're stuck when we're stuck we're not whole anymore we we are stuck in a different situation. So we create an H-O-L-E and we are not W-H-O-L-E, we're not whole, we create a void. And in order to fill that void because it feels so uncomfortable to be in that void, we start doing things like drinking and smoking or becoming angry, avoidance. Like for me, the coping mechanisms usually come under three categories. We either cope by pleasing So you go and you want to please someone and it's kind of saying, please like me, please like me. I'll be a good girl, a good boy. I'll do what you want, please like me. Or we pretend we don't care and we're gonna be rebellious. Mm -hmm. And actually we want attention behind the the rebellion, but that's another coping mechanism, like forget it. I'm gonna do the opposite. I'm gonna break all the rules because it doesn't work for me. But underneath that there's anger. And so it's fueled by anger. And the third one is the escaping. And it's withdrawing. Either you withdraw into yourself and go into depression, as you said, because depression is like almost like a flight mechanism because consciousness has flown away. You're not present inside your body. And then you can go into substance abuse, you know, overeating, drinking, and anything
0: else. You describe us. Did you literally describe me? I went through all those stages because I wanted to break the rule of, like you said, for me, it wasn't so much people pleaser. Or pleasing other people, it was the opposite of. I don't care. That mm-hmm. attitude of I don't care. Like I, you know, I grew up in a culture that you know you're not supposed to drink, you're not supposed to smoke, you're not supposed. to. So I went the opposite of side. A, a kind of like coping mechanism, like you said, but it's more like I I don't give a fuck. You know, I don't give a fuck. I'm just gonna do whatever. I'm breaking all the rules. I came over here, but you, I, I hurt myself more. Then I got addicted to drinking. Then I was like. I was going through that and smoking and all of that. And then I had to repair all of that. So as you can see, the vicious cycle is keep going around and around and around Mm -hmm. until we um, actually find out, no, we have to find the real solution. What is needed to be done? And that's the work that you do and show people that let's go back and see what causes that, which is so important. That's
1: power regression. And as you said, that all coping mechanisms are self-sabotaging in nature no matter which one it is, because it comes from the void. And if anything comes from the void, you're not doing it because of inspiration. You're not doing it because you're at peace. You're doing it from pain. And any action that you take from pain will give you more pain in some way or another, because the foundation from which you take action in is what that action will give you. Like if you get into a relationship because you're lonely, the relationship will give you much more loneliness. If you get into a job because you don't have enough money, no matter how much you earn, you're going to feel lack because that's mm. the foundation that you've gone with.
0: Wow. You're so right. You're so right. Um, I mean, me and you have been through this and we, we have dealt with it, but I'm sure a lot of our listeners right now, they probably self-reflect and say, huh, that's what you said. Like, you know, no matter how much you make money, money only makes you more of who you are but if you have a damaged relationship with money it's always going to be the same unless you fix that so how does the inner child affect someone how would they know like affect you or someone what are some of the signs that they have to look for
1: so basically uh, the best way to tell is when you feel as if you're not in charge and you're feeling something that you don't want to feel That's where you're hijacked by your inner child. It's almost like it's hijacking you. It's taking over you. You don't want to feel something, but you're feeling it anyway. And it's so familiar. I'll give you an example. Let's say if somebody goes networking and for many people, networking is scary. It's not something that they love to do. Now this is pre COVID times where we used to all meet and mingle. Mm -hmm. So they go into a crowd. They see that there's a bunch of people talking to each other, maybe sipping champagne or whatever that is. The moment you see that, it could remind you of all the times you were left out in school, all the times that you felt that you were not included in this group, and immediately you get hijacked. Nothing has happened. You've just walked into a room and you see a crowd. So technically there's nothing going on. But in that moment, you get these familiar feelings, thoughts of, "Oh, they don't like me, I'm not a part of them, they're not gonna include me. Then you start acting as if that's true. And so you behave like the outsider and at the end because you already have decided that like there's confirmation bias you end up going home and saying see once again i'm not part of the group and you don't want to feel that way you might even know better you might know that you know i'm a successful adult now it's it's so different from what it was in school i've proven myself i'm a different person but the moment you see a crowd or the moment you meet your friends in school you go right back to who you were that is the inner child hijack
0: um. Mm. So it's emotional feeling that comes to you. It makes you feel almost uncomfortable, and you have to be aware of it to catch it. Because other other time, a lot of time people in denial and they blame something else. Like when we, like you said, when we enter, well, I I I don't get along with these people. These are not my type of people. You know, I'm just here because I have to be. Not all of that is kind of like more deeper meaning to it than just a. It doesn't matter what it is, as long as you're feeling uncomfortable, that feeling is not comfortable in your body.
1: Exactly. And you're aware enough to recognize that I'm feeling in a way that I don't want to feel. So I don't want to get a panic attack, but I'm feeling very anxious. I don't want to cry, but I'm feeling something. I don't want to feel left out or unincluded, but there's something inside me that's feeling that way. What you're then getting is a conflict a conflict between the adult of today and the inner child of the past. Mm. And once you see that there is a difference between how I would love to feel, given my logic, given what I know, but yet I'm not feeling congruent to that. I'm feeling something different. That's where it's taking over you. Mm. And that was a beautiful place to come for therapy. Yeah. Sorry.
0: No, 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 that's okay. No, this, it's, it's funny you said that because I, as you're talking, I'm just thinking about like for people that are listening to this right now, some people might going to think that um, you know, the victim mentality that comes in, right? A lot of people like they're saying that they, they, they always either blame other people or it was done to me and I know I'm one of them. I used to be one of them. Is done to me and I, I used to walk around with that attitude of like, okay, somebody said Did something to me. It wasn't my choice. It's kind of like a playing that victim mentality for people to either Accept you and say, Oh, poor you. And that's a form of intention that you're getting from other people which satisfy you. But at the same time, if you're walking around with that. Is it possible that victim mentality can go hand to hand with ch- inner child trouble that you had, but you kind of like avoiding it.
1: Yes. And if you are in that victim mentality, you will probably be so hijacked that you won't even recognize that you're hijacked. Because as I said, if you know that, I don't wanna feel this way, but yet I'm feeling it, then you're aware that my logical mind says that I am worthy, I am good enough, yet why am I feeling unworthy? There's something else there that doesn't agree with my logic. But if you are the victim, you will agree that I am unworthy, your inner child is unworthy, your adult of today is unworthy, and you're completely encapsulated, you are this inner child. And you don't even recognize it. So as you said, there is denial, there is a lack of awareness. And for those people, it will take even longer unless they come to awareness and you first recognize it, hey, there is a different way. There's a different way that I can think. There's a different way that I can feel. And why am I not feeling in alignment with my my knowledge of now that I can be worthy, I can be deserving? Because knowledge now is coming out much more than before. Mm. We're we're recognizing the importance of self-worth. We're recognizing the importance of mental wellness. And yet, if we still don't feel it, now there's a discrepancy. But those people that are not aware and that are still being the victims, It's just a different place of consciousness you know in fact that we we say that we go through three levels of consciousness
0: okay
1: number one when we are less aware we blame the world for everything that's happened to us and we are the victims it's your fault your fault your fault and then after a while when we become a little bit more aware like my story was oh when i got this book life is fair now i'm a bit more aware i'm not the victim Mm -hmm. anymore so you become the creator oh i can now create how i feel. I have say, I have power, I can determine, I can do something different. I don't have to be the victim. And then you realize after a while, even as the creator, you can't create everything. You cannot create how another person will feel, whether they'll love you or not. You can have an influence, but you cannot be 100% in control. COVID has shown us that. We cannot be 100% in control over everything. So even in the creator stage, we understand that, Except for me, I can't create for others and I can't create for the world. I'm a co-creator, I'm not 100%. And then the third level of consciousness is surrender. So if we go from victim to creator to surrender and in surrender, we recognize that I can create for myself, my interpretations, my actions, but the, anything that involves the other people, the environment, the only thing that I can ultimately do is let go and accept.
0: I'm gonna come back to this co-creator. I love what you said, co-creator, because this is the first time I'm hearing it and it is worthwhile to discuss it even more. But before that, I'm gonna tell you a story. Just sure. like, yeah, I was I, w- I just told you before we start this uh, program for the Christmas, I went upstate. So I went upstate and I went. there's nothing in my, in my uh, condo, so we went grocery shopping me and my daughter went grocery shopping and I'm all jolly I'm going in the sh- uh, stop and shop and I'm trying to get some stuff together and it's so busy I got to the cashier and the woman is elderly woman and then she's like you know she's just putting his stuff and I'm like hey how are you happy holidays I'm trying to be cheerful you know like she's like hi I said how are you doing she's like not so good I said oh my god what's wrong she's like well I work here that could be the wrong I'm like well, at least you have a job some people don't have a job you know and COVID and stuff like that she goes like well yesterday was my birthday i just turned 50 and honey there's nothing you're going to tell me that changed my life is like shit, and i'm just waiting to die and at that moment what you just said blaming other people for everything that goes wrong with you and you are not aware conscious enough to understand okay what happened to me Come back to you can become a creator, but even then, you are not the creator, hundred percent to control other thing. Which you becoming co-creator. Now this is such a relief for some people to hear it right now. Heard you saying that okay, I don't have to be in charge hundred percent because then that can also go to the uh, level of oh my god, I didn't get it done perfectly. I'm a failure.
1: Exactly. Yes. I love that you determine results in that way. Yeah. Thank you. And people do operate as victims. And also it's, it's fair to say that in different areas of life, we can be at different stages of awareness. So maybe in the area of relationships, you can still be a victim, but in the area of money, maybe you've, you've been in full acceptance. Mm. and You recognize that, okay, whether I have a lot or a little bit, I'm in flow. And I know that I'm not 100% in control over the result that comes my way, but either way, I'm in flow. So you can have evolving levels of consciousness in different areas of life.
0: Hmm. Tell me a little bit more about the surrender. When you surrender yourself, what exactly that means? Because when we surrender ourselves, to me, surrender means that, like you said, you do your best, but things often happens and it's out of our control. And like COVID is one of them. So hmm. surrender, a lot of people have our trouble doing that.
1: Yeah, and I feel like sometimes there's misconceptions with that too. Like surrender can be misconceived as giving up. Like, oh, okay, what can I do? I'm just going to give up. Now, if you're doing that, you're resigned and there's no peace in that. You're just in a resignation mode. So surrender, true surrender comes with true acceptance. And true acceptance is the art of being with what's so, being with what is, with what's Mm -hmm. showing up and being at peace with it. So what's showing up is we're facing a pandemic. Now, no matter what you do or how you see it, you're still facing a pandemic. That's Mm. what's so right now. And so acceptance doesn't mean to say it's good because that's judgment. It's bad is equally judgment. So good and bad are both judgment. Giving up is resignation. Acceptance means just be with it like a Mm. meditator. What's happening right now is the pandemic. I accept, this is what's happening. I accept, I know that this is what's so. Again, I'm not saying it's good, I'm not saying it's bad, it is. Now, the next thing, it is. So that there's got a ripple effect on, okay, the economy is a certain way, it is. Now, just because you get it is, doesn't mean that you can't take any action. Right. After acceptance, you can do things. So you can now say, okay, now that it is, what can I do? This is where people begin to innovate. Because if you're not accepting, then you're thinking, why is it this way? It shouldn't be this way. I'm waiting for life to go back to normal. I'm waiting for things to change. And again, you're becoming the victim. But if you get that it is not good or bad, it just is. Now, what can I do? Firstly, I can interpret it in a way that works for me. Secondly, what action can I take? What can I innovate? What can I do that's different? Then the creator side comes out. And you know, you're only creating for you because you've accepted the situation for what it is.
0: Okay. So not sure if that answers the question. Absolutely. I'm practices. so glad you clarified that because that's it. Like you said exactly when we say like, okay, like I surrender. I'm not doing anything. That doesn't mean that you're surrendering. you just that you you're giving up. But surrender, like accepting it, like you said, it is. They're just just figure out it is. No good, no bad. It just, mm-hmm. it is. And then your mind clears up, no judgment. And then you come up with being more creative for your own self. And I love that you keep saying for your own self, because that's really important for people to understand, for the listeners. Because a lot of time, our perception, our ideas, our creation, everything comes in from the society expectations what do we hear especially in today's news when we put on the news or we go to social media we hear all this stuff and you can't help it but the collective energy affecting you so it's kind of like okay stay in your lane let just if each person do what you just said this world would be such a better place and people would have such an easier way to deal with some tragedies that happen not just to one individual to the whole world
1: yeah And I think that's probably one of the biggest things that COVID is here to teach us. It is here to show us that ultimately we don't have full control. Ultimately, if we want to get out of pain, the only thing that we can do is fully accept. And of course we have choice. We can choose to not accept and there's a consequence and we can choose to be in acceptance and there's a different consequence to that too. So. COVID is marking the ending of many things. And most of the time we're not comfortable with endings, whether it's the ending of a life, the ending of a relationship, the ending of you know a job or the way that we know things to be. We're not comfortable because we've attached so much identity to what it is, but then beginnings and endings are such a big part
0: of life in general. And right. it's something that we really need to learn to be with. Right, right, right will help people understand that in a way that we explain to them. So what are some tips that you can give in order to heal your inner child?
1: So acceptance is also the most beautiful gift that you can give to your inner child. Um, Understanding that the inner child has been created through judgment. So when you were young, something happened, we call it a trauma because you were in pain. Why were you in pain in the first place? Because you judged something as wrong, bad it's not meant to be and ultimately it means there's something wrong with me so in the core of all the inner child trauma is there's something wrong with me it's almost like a vow that we make i'm Mm. not enough i'm not worthy so in order to heal that there's a few things that we can do the biggest and the deepest work is as a therapist what we do is go back to the situations that have caused us pain and reinterpret them with the wisdom of today. So as a child, you might be outside the bedroom door hearing your mom and dad fight. And at that point, you think, oh my God, my world is falling apart. I'm so unsafe. And it's because of me. I must have done something wrong. That's the logic of a three-year-old. If you see this again as a 50-year-old or a 40-year-old, you understand that this is not about me. You give yourself a chance to reinterpret it. And in your mind, you can even go up to your three-year-old self and say, see, this is a different perspective that you didn't have at the time. This Mm. is their stuff. It's not about you. And almost present new information so that the child goes, and in that relief, what you're doing is you are releasing cellular memory pain because we've been holding that pain, not only in our minds, but in our bodies. And our bodies have been tight to like hold and maintain that pain and put a coping mechanism over it and everything. But the moment we give them a new interpretation and do this visualization, the child can finally, okay, so I don't have to live with this is my fault and there's something wrong with me and it's all because of the stuff that I made up. Like I see that I made this up, it's my interpretation. There's something new available. So there's catharsis, there's release, there's wisdom. And then invite the child to make a new interpretation about themselves, like, oh, I am enough, things are okay. Or if it's not about me, what does that mean about me? That means I am worthy. That means I actually was wanted, I am loved. And then we keep repeating that over and over again before we go to bed. So my tip would be step one, to go back and reinterpret the situations that we had used to create trauma. Hmm. And step two, With a new interpretation, keep repeating that as an affirmation every night before going to bed. Like I am worthy. I am enough. I am loved. I am wanted. And if you keep doing that for a minimum of 21 days in a row, it will continue to reprogram what we have previously judged. Now we are reprogramming that with acceptance, with love and with consciousness.
0: Wow. What a great tips. That is, really important, go back to your childhood. Yeah, that's 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 a deep, that's really deep. Am I gonna take, for a lot of people, am I gonna take a little, you know, it would probably have to depend on what they have been through. Hard to go there and visualize. I know like in your work, you actually take them there by like making them visualize and think about it and feel it. Even the feeling has to be felt in order to okay. recognize yes. it, right?
1: Yeah, so we do this with regression therapy. But you know what, you don't have to even go to a therapist and lie in a cushion to go there. Of course you can do it with us, but the moment you think about something, if you can feel the charge, you're already there. Because the charge in your body is a trans induction in itself. So you don't, we don't have to put people under the conventional hypnotherapy. We can just get them to go into that pain. And the more you go into that pain, the more it's trans inducing and then that's regression work in itself so if it is huge trauma like as i said if there's abuse if there is a you know death in the family at an early age there's anything like that do work with a therapist because you may not be able to do that yourself you cannot be the one that is undergoing it and offering a new interpretation at the same time if you're fully hijacked Mm -hmm. if it is for little things like oh you know maybe an incident in school or as I said before, mom made a sandwich that you didn't want and before you made it mean something. You can start with simple things like that and Mm -hmm. see the relief. And so if it's a bigger trauma, yeah, I would encourage
0: you to go to a professional like yourself, like me, like people out there. Right, it's important, especially in time like that. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for that. So I'm sure a lot of listeners right now are listening to you and they can relate to some of the stuff that you're saying, hopefully not, but we know the society there's a lot of pressure going how can they find you
1: uh you can find me on my website so it's www.allaboutyoucenter.com and that's c-e-n-t-r-e or my name Sonia samtani.com those are the easiest ways to find me and we've got our instagram we have facebook instagram handle is also all about you wellness center or Sonia samtani underscore
0: Is there anything you're working on right now?
1: I am working on a couple of products. So I just launched my first book.
0: Oh, congratulations.
1: Conscious living. Yes. Thank you. That's available on Amazon. And I launched it particularly to get us ready for 2021. So the book is called 52 thoughts for conscious living. And it's one message for every week to take you through the year to live the year with more awareness. That is
0: so beautiful. Okay. Yeah. I know I saw you on Instagram that you did uh, launch your uh, book. Um, I'm glad that you mentioned it. So you have a book available on Amazon that they I can do. get right now and they can uh, start 21 in the right direction. And you said every day, you're giving them, you're breaking it down slowly. It's not overwhelming that they, like you said they have to go to therapist or anything, but just doing something at home, they can uh, start yeah. with the book. Totally. And it's week by week. And so, for
1: every week, I have a message and an exercise to do. And you can do this looking at chapter one to 52 in order, or you can just open the book anywhere and say, Oh, okay, well, this is the message for me this week. And see what it you.
0: That's beautiful. Okay, well, I'm glad you mentioned your book because uh, now a lot of people are home, something to read, something to empower yourself, inspire yourself. And um, you accomplished so much in such a young age. And I want listeners to know that and I wanted to bring you in the show and thank you so much for sharing your story for giving us some tip because This is what we do in this channel. We're bringing expert like yourself to just give your perspective of how it is because everybody's an any stage of their life. You know, there are people that are stressed, overwhelmed, they have fear, they have lack of confidence. And we bring experts like yourself because you've been through it, you know how it is, you experience it, you changed it and you're here now, and it's possible to do. So that's what we show and and tell our listeners that anything is possible if you can just tap into yourself and tap into that full potential that they have.
1: Yes, absolutely. And and you said that so beautifully like as a practitioner we are our first and most frequent client and it's our story it's our authentic truth that's got us into this as with yourself you've got a beautiful story too so this is why we continue to heal ourselves and bring that knowledge to other people
0: Yes, yes, yes. That's what we do because a lot of, I've, I've talked to a lot of people and a lot of people in a different stage tell me, well, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. And I said, I bring you people that been through it, that done it as possible. If we can do it, they can do it. So Sonia, thank you so much for being here and giving us some amazing insight from your practice to our home to practice and get better.
1: It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.